Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally a polder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. And Connor, Britney Spears is back in the news. Can you believe it? Not at all. It's shocking to me. Isn't it amazing that a, a person like that would occupy so much legal time? Of course, She's the you could say the same thing about O.J. Simpson and Robert Blake and all the rest. I mean, you know, people in high-profile situations get in a lot of legal trouble. They attract <laughs> lawsuits and they always also file them. They seem to do that. Yeah, you're right. So we're going to ask a couple of provocative questions today. Uh, one is, will Britney Spears' dad wind up in prison? Britney and her new pit bull lawyer seem to think that would be a good idea. Question number two, driving your Tesla? I hope you brought your toothbrush because you may be headed for prison yourself. You may be sharing a cell with Britney Spears' dad. <laughs> Because there's been a manslaughter charge filed uh, regarding the self-driving feature that we all, all thought was so wonderful at Tesla. Number three, will New York's Attorney General nail Donald Trump? Uh, she is, Letitia James is going after him big time. As a matter of fact, they're going after him down in Georgia as well. So we will uh, figure out what may be in the uh, future for Donald Trump there. And fourth and finally, can we just agree that Donald Trump is the Democrats' best friend. I'll explain. I'll explain my position. On Can't that. wait. And uh, the America's favorite guest game show, guess the verdict. Connor is going to be the contestant as always. So easy. I just get to read the questions. You have the tough job of answering. Yeah, I'm under the hot lights over here. And the hot lights relate this time to a head in a bag. The uh, Guess the Verdict topic has to do with a head in a bag. Uh, I'm a pre-guess that whoever put the head in the bag is guilty. That's that's, that's, a, that's, that's a safe guess. That's a safe bet. Safe yeah, bet. Okay, thank you. Probably thank you. more to the, the whole issue. Uh, it's complicated, yeah. All right, before we get to question number one about poor Britney Spears' dad, um, I just uh, noticed that our fine governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, here in California, he seems to be going for the gang vote. I know when you're a politician, you got to have a big tent. Big tent. Big, big tent, tent. Big tent. But it seems he's very concerned about the gang vote. So here's what happened. Uh, folks have figured out that it's a really swell idea to uh, go to the train tracks yep. near Union Station mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. And as the trains are either stopped or they're just kind of moving slowly, folks just hop onto the trains with the bolt cutters and they open up those containers sure. and they just pull all the UPS and the FedEx and the Amazon this packages. This is a classic. I love this. Yeah. I, this is like, this is some 1800s train robbery. <laughs> this is fantastic. I, it's, it's, it's so cool. Like crime is sexy again. I, it's fantastic. The like pictures are amazing. Like, it looks like Dorothy and the tornado, yeah. you know, near Andy Just M's trash farm. everywhere. Trash yeah. everywhere. But I mean, this is, this really, like, crime nowadays is all, you know, cryptocurrency IPOs and then rug pulls. Not People down at the train station. Lying about, you know. Back to basics. Financial assets valuing Donald Trump's 
you know, all his his real estate uh, lower than it should be and then scamming the tax man. Boring. Like, give me a highway or train heist. And, and a pair of bolt it. cutters. And a bear, exactly. That's what, That's what I want. So Governor Newsom visited the train tracks and he he shows up with a very cool form-fitting T-shirt nice. and a baseball cap that says Governor or California Bear or something. Sure. And he helps clean up the trash. What he a helps clean up what the boxes yeah. and the bubble wrap. He was seen for about 15 minutes popping the little bubbles. <laughs> you got I, distracted. I didn't think that was gubernatorial. No, no. no. But a goober, uh, but not gubernatorial. Exactly right. Yeah. So he's there, and here's where <laughs> I'm headed here. Mm-hmm. He says to the press, I've got a plan to stop these organized gangs of criminals that are stealing <clears throat> the stuff. And then uh-huh. he realized immediately, he said, Forgive me. Forgive me for saying gangs. They are organized groups of folks. Right. So he changed it from changed organized. It. Okay. I'm pretty silly. really uh, yeah, unclear yeah. as to where he's coming from. Does he think that to use the word gang is a microaggression? I looked it up, Connor. Right, sure. And in the dictionary, a gang is an organized group of criminals, a group of associates, members, or friends of a family with a defined leadership and engages in illegal and possibly violent behavior. Now, is that a problem to refer to guys who, with the bolt cutters and taking your new iPhone yeah. out of a package and right. popping your bubble wrap that sure. you should be a- have been able to pop? Is that really bad to call these people gangs? So gangs is a loaded term, that, that and it's loaded as a result of uh, the mistreatment of people by law enforcement in uh, the past. Mm-hmm. Specifically, LAPD is a huge problem. Like, LAPD has mistreated people on the basis that there is a gang affiliation or the crime that crimes were committed on behalf of a gang or for a gang related purpose. For example, you're right. Injunctions have been issued that stop people from meeting in public with other folks who are in their gang. Right. So injunctions have been issued that stop you from wearing certain colors. Yeah. And occasionally gang member attorneys have been successful going to court saying, judge, you know, this is really stigmatizing people. Right. And I get that there's a debate like that. Yeah. What, but to be so hypersensitive to the feelings of street gang members that you apologize for calling train criminals gangs. But again, this is not a sign that the apocalypse is near. No, he's not talking to criminals. Oh, he's yeah, not talking he, to, he knows they watch TV. He's not talking to members of gangs. He's talking to the general public who know that the government has mistreated people on the basis of over and misclassifying them yeah. as members of criminal organizations when they're not, when they're simply friends and family members and members of a community alongside. So you're okay with his level of sensitivity? People here. who wear clothes that are the same okay. color, people who are in community organizations, people who are all labeled and associated and tagged and said guilt by association because your friends commit crimes, therefore you are also a criminal, which is how you over-criminalize an entire community. It's how you say that the poors that all live in this area are all criminals because they all associate with criminals, just because criminals exist in that area because they're poor and they're struggling. So then suddenly the entire But when you say poor, it doesn't mean poor criminal people. Right. When you say gangs, it means criminal people because that's the definition of gang. And these people are criminals because they're stealing your stuff. Yes. But again, it's not... It is not the it is not the problem that he referred if he had referred to the people who are committing crimes as criminals. That's not a problem. The problem is basically saying X crime that's in front of us uh, 
is related to the overall larger problem of there being gangs in Los Angeles. And that is an LAPD and historically law enforcement driven narrative that basically criminalizes and overcriminalizes poor neighborhoods. And so that's what he's saying. He's saying, oh, dang, I'm not trying to I'm not to bring that up. I'm not trying to drag this in and say that this is part of a larger gang related problem because he is has been told by a lot of people, smart people, and probably agrees with them at least to some degree that it's not really a matter of oh gangs run the city. If there's a gang that runs the city, it's LAPD. It's well, not I hear close. I hear where you're coming from, and I would say that if you get yourself a form fitting T-shirt and a baseball cap, you could be governor too. Someday. I'm wearing one right now. All right, there you go. So, uh, second topic before we get to uh, our first topic, and that's uh, Arabic numerals. I. I have a question. <laughs> it's for a broad you, topic. Yeah. Do, do schools still teach the idea of Roman numerals versus Arabic numbers? When I was in school, I remembered, you know, they taught us that there are Roman numerals. Yeah. So you can yeah. you know see what year a movie is, because for some reason in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. Well, they why printed, did they do that? Yeah. This movie was from X and And Arabic numerals, by contrast, are just the one, you know, the straight line and two, three, four. So apparently... That's not being taught because a poll was was just um, uh, it came out and uh, people were asked, should American schools teach Arabic numerals oh, as part of their curriculum? Should we in America be teaching Arabic numerals? In red, white and blue America. Twenty nine percent said, yeah, that's a good idea. And now wait for it. Here's the bad news. Fifty seven percent of Americans said, no, we don't want any Arab numbers in is our the, schools. Is the gap between fifty seven and twenty nine percent the people who slapped the pollster in the face and said, why are you asking me this obvious, obviously no, misleading question? No, I don't think so. And 14% asking, by the way had no opinion. Why, oh, yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a head scratcher, Mr. Pollster. I'm going to put me down for no opinion. I don't know whether we should have Arabic. Now, so let's assume that, that you know, this isn't stupidity. It's just that people didn't learn it. You, yeah, is, you think that's what's that's going good. on? Yeah, I mean, we're sure. not telling kids in school the difference between Arabic and Roman numerals I anymore? Think, I think pounded into me was the notion of, of Roman numerals as a concept that, you know, is this other numbering system. And the primary way that we learned it, first of all, it's just an oddity. And then as you move up some other later year, they point out, oh, there's no zero. Isn't that interesting that there's no zero in Roman numerals? I think that was, you know, a, those are the only times that that even came up in school. So the idea that that the contrast of that, of, of Arabic numerals, in, in contrast to the fact we don't learn anybody else's numeral, numerological system, um, we don't learn the Chinese numerals, uh, you know, pictographs or whatever. Um, I don't see any problem with this. I think this is a simple trap poll that catches people who didn't understand the vocab word of Arabic Just didn't think it through. Yeah. There you go. Is it a problem, though, that 57% of Americans are so willing to jump to a conclusion (laughs) and talk about a topic they don't actually know anything about? Well, as as one of two uh, uh, cis white male uh, lawyers bloviating about topics he they largely don't understand <laughs> on a podcast. I would say it's no problem at all. I love it when people bloviate. That's my favorite thing. I don't know. It just seems to me sad. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a sad moment, I think, sure. uh, for sure. American society. So when we come back, uh, will Britney Spears' dad wind up in jail? First, however, Connor is going to uh, tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Lawyers. Yeah, check us out on whatever podcast platform you'd like to use. That's probably Apple Podcasts, because most of y'all out there probably wielding iPhones. Uh, But if it isn't, if it's on any other, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, we really appreciate those as well because the more reviews, the more uh, subscriptions and joinings and uh, uh, liking uh, and ratings uh, you give us, uh, the more we will feel warm and fuzzy inside. Stick with us. We'll be right back. 
This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So Britney Spears back in the news uh, a few days ago. She uh, had a, a court hearing with her new pit bull lawyer going in. Arr. And the, you know, it's wrapping up the conservatorship. Everybody knows it was lifted a few months ago. Yay, Britney, free Britney. But now it's a matter of don't pay Britney's dad anymore. He wants several hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. He's already made six million dollars over the years. Not bad. For his fee. Um, and he paid six million dollars in addition to that. To a security firm uh, that tapped Britney's phone, including conversations with her lawyer, that allegedly secretly recorded her bedroom Jesus and asked, Christ. and the dad asked for her therapy notes, even though the judge had told him years before, you can't get her therapy no. notes. So all of these allegations are being advanced against Britney Spears' dad, and it's a civil context. So, you know, we're not to the criminal level quite yet, but I mean... That seems to be where they're where they are headed. I mean, the dad did collect a total of six point three million dollars. Meantime, he, he made like one point five percent of the money coming in on on her dancing there at the Las Vegas residency. And some people say, well, let me see. You're the same guy who insisted that she stay on her birth control device, that she not get pregnant. Yeah. Uh, oh, gee, if she got pregnant, then maybe that would cut down on the <clears throat> money you're making. Twenty million dollars a year you're making yeah, at the residency. Incredible. So, uh, you know, I I think. This dispute has settlement written all over it because neither side really wants the cost or the uncertainty or the publicity of a court fight. But, I mean, it's possible that uh, they'll uncover information. The judge the other day decided we're going to have a mini trial of four or five days and hash out these allegations. And if the evidence is strong enough, uh, theoretically, this guy could be in a heap of trouble legally. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, the, the the conflict of interest that arises between somebody who's making health and, and sort of wellness decisions, the, the best possible uh, decisions for the individual person, um, that's what conservatorships are all about, is you have a conservator who makes decisions for somebody who's not equipped to make them for themselves. Um, in that unique, that strange con- uh, you know, construct uh, and situation, that person must, must be Free of conflict. The idea that they would have, you know, millions of dollars at stake uh, on on the outcome there is just, uh, I, would, I would describe it as a horrifying dystopian. So here's my favorite fun fact about uh, Britney's dad, Jamie Spears. He used his... Um position and the fact that Britney was so famous in order to try to, to negotiate a TV show for himself, what? a cooking show what? for Jamie. Yeah. Now there's a ratings buster. Oh, oh yeah. I want to watch Jamie Spears bake a cake. <laughs> what an idiotic idea. And so that just contributes yeah. to the, the sense that he was kind of in it for himself. Oh yeah, for sure. So I, I think that uh, sure. he, he's in a bit of trouble. All right, question number two. Are you driving your Tesla? And if so, I hope you brought your toothbrush because you may be headed for prison. Uh, The first in the nation case has been filed where a Tesla driver has been charged with a felony involving the car's autopilot function. Mm -hmm. A guy named Kevin George Aziz Riyadh, age 27. He is a limo driver. He was working away, and doggone it, uh, if there wasn't a a pretty awful crash, he ran a red light, struck a Honda Civic uh, at an intersection in Los Angeles. Two people uh, were killed at the scene, and so now they're going after him. For uh, for manslaughter and the family, of course, naturally of the of the, the dead folks uh, have sued both Tesla and the driver individually. So we have been told over the last few years that this uh, self-driving car thing is here. A couple of years ago, there were some real, uh, really uh, highly qualified engineer types who came out and said, "You know what? Kids born today 
will never drive. They will never in their lives drive. So he was essentially predicting that in 16 years, there are going to be no cars with steering wheels that you operate. A bold prediction. Yeah. I mean, doesn't it seem like after, you know, a couple of years since that, it doesn't seem like we're that much closer. And now people are getting charged with with felonies uh, for relying on this thing. Yeah. We're we're not that close. The the levels of autonomy in self-driving car technology... um, a, a lot of self-driving car technologists will tell you that there are five levels is a, a good way, a heuristic to break down where we, you know, where we're moving. Five being complete autonomy. The individual could be blacked out uh, and asleep and have, have no uh, involvement whatsoever. I think I got a ticket up in Oakland several months ago for being asleep in his back seat while his Tesla was driving along the freeway. And it actually was staying between the the lanes and it didn't crash into anybody because it's that smart. But the highway patrolman happened to notice that the guy was, you know, his head back, mouth open, asleep in the back seat. Uh, Quite a trick. Why even get into the back seat? (laughs) Like that takes a lot of effort. Oh, it's comfortable. I I hear it's comfortable. Yeah, I I, I hear. So, so yeah, the idea that you have this level five uh, autonomy uh, where there's there's no input from a human whatsoever, and then the level four is there are only sor- a limited number of circumstances where uh, the human is called upon to um, to give some sort of input of some kind. And the most common formulation, the way that that might work, is that oh, there's something the car doesn't understand. It would say, "Hey, human, solve this for me." Right. And then below that are, are other levels down three, two, one. One would be a normal car that we're driving. And then the difference between two and three is a slightly more technical. And I frankly don't quite understand it, but it's basically a matter of uh, the level to which the human gets to uh, zone out. Three, the human can uh, cannot zone out and they have to be focused, in, involved and in control and aware of everything Four. They don't have to be, and they can just be called upon to say, hey, it's an emergency, maybe, or in other circumstances, whatever those might be, please take over the wheel. Five, doesn't even need a steering wheel, right? So we live right now in the world of three, and the public largely thinks that there are people out there driving cars in the world of four. They're (laughs) not. That's not how it's working out there. Unfortunately, there are people putting their trust in technology that's not equipped to be able to do what they think it can do. And the the big problem that Tesla is running into is branding and marketing. Tesla has branded and marketed its automated driving as autopilot. Right. Not driver assistance uh, uh, technologies. Uh, or Great marketing any, idea. Yeah. They're just saying, look, this is autopilot. This is full auto. You don't do a thing. It's what they're 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 projecting to you. But then you get in the car, and the car tells you, "Oh, you got to be aware. You got to pay attention. You got to keep your hands on the wheel. You got to be, you know, eyes up all the time." This gets to a big psychological concept where um, you've got uh, humans who are looking at a tableau, you know, a scenario, a, a scene. Um, maybe with, you know, 50 items in it, cars, uh, humans walking around, weather occurring, lights flashing, whatever. Humans are looking at it. Things are, are, are changing on the tableau all the time, but they're changing in a sort of predictable way that makes sense to the human brain. And then, boom, something is wrong in a way that is dangerous. And the human brain, if it's watching when the thing changes, it says that changed in a way I, I don't like. And your human brain goes to it. Boom. And it's better than a lot of technology in that way because human brains are pretty good analyzing the patterns and saying this person walking along the street it makes sense the way that they're walking and nothing is weird about it 
Whereas a, a, a robot watching, watching a human pedestrian walk down the street, if that human uh, pedestrian started sprinting all of a sudden or slowed down or was acting like sort of looking around on the ground like they dropped something or is bouncing a ball, like a, hum, a human brain can look at a kid bouncing a ball on a sidewalk and think, Kids are stupid as, as heck. They chase balls into the street. I'm going to be careful because that kid might bounce it off his foot course, and it rolls into the street. Why can't you just really, really work hard at programming and coding and, because, and giving this kind of human flexibility and intelligence well, and critical thinking skills to a computer? Theoretically, you can, but we're just not anywhere near it. We, we have ways of doing what's called machine learning, where we give computers data sets, big data sets. You give computers video of pedestrians walking down the street, and then all the times that those pedestrians run into the street, and the, the computer can learn the markers for, is this, you know, computer, is this person going to run into the street? We don't have a perfect answer for that, right? But the technology is getting better. You know, it seems like the, the bottom line is that, so I really think what it boils down to is that when it comes to these five levels you sure, were describing yeah. of autopilot um, uh, activity, it, it, to me, it seems like, and I know this isn't going to happen, but shouldn't we wait until it's pretty much perfect? I mean, we know yeah. that almost in, in almost every situation, in terms of reflexes and you know common sense and intelligence, a computer is going to win. You know, yes. if you if you allow the human element at all, we're going to screw it up. We're right. going to be a little too slow. We're going to miss something. And so at this point, people are saying, well, it's sort of there, it's halfway there. I mean, wouldn't the safe thing be, let's not have the autopilot function until we've got it to the point where it's virtually perfect. So then people can safely buy the car and go to sleep in the back, uh, just program, yeah. take me to, you know, Ralph's two and a half miles yeah. away. I, I am, And then I they am, wake up when they get there. Yeah. And I, I'm actually in the same camp. I think that until we're at level five, uh, I, I think that marketing especially these these products to people falsely um, in a misleading way, which is potentially what Tesla's been doing uh, or anybody's been doing when they say things like autopilot, even driver assistance is dangerous, even though that's a little more clearly descriptive. Um, I would agree that we should back off these technologies until they're ready because human brains are bad at taking over control in an emergency, surveying the scene and saying, what do I need to do? If you're driving along and you're dozing off or on your phone or checking the radio or having a conversation or whatever, and the car goes, eh, 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 there's a crisis, please look up. You look up, you grab the wheel, you might be well more likely to now crash the car <laughs> than the car would have been able to deal with this potentially weird situation it, it can't quite identify. Right. Because we're not great at putting, being put on the spot that way. Whereas if if we're driving and we're focused and we're locked in and we see something in the peripheral vision, we're pretty good at saying, well, what's that thing? It just something just changed. I should pay attention to that. That's a function of human brains because there might be a lion coming out of the savanna of a peripheral vision or whatever. We got to pay attention to that. Something just changed. But in a car situation, we're so inevitably, uh, you know, likely to fall asleep. The famous test cases where Google put people with engineering degrees who were meant to be monitoring the the engineering works happening in the computers and they're no, because they're engineers and they know what's happening in this Google Autopilot testing situation, they know they're they're on camera in five different locations and they're sitting behind the wheel of the car and and Google says you're fired if you stop paying attention to the road. Pay <laughs> attention to the road. You're on camera five right. different ways. Pay attention or you're fired from your cool, sexy job at Google. And you know what these engineers did? They stopped paying attention. They looked at their phones. They picked their noses. They couldn't 
pay attention no. at all because they're not being asked to do anything. The human brain is so easily bored. The only circumstance I can conceive of where it would make sense for the human to override the computer yeah. is if the computer says through the radio to the guy, Dave, my programmer <laughs> had a very unhappy time in Catholic school and I've been programmed to kill every person in a nun's habit on the street. Sure. You hear that, then you spring you into say, action. You uh, say, this is a HAL situation. Yeah. Uh, we, we got a code HAL, uh, which I guess would be a code red, because I remember the light was red. Who knows what life will be like in the year 2001. Really? <laughs> when we come back, uh, is New York's Attorney General going to nail Donald Trump? Put him in jail? Stick with us. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Roy Lewis. And I'm Connor Oates. So the New York Attorney General uh, is going after Donald Trump. Her name is Letitia James. And it's not a criminal deal, actually. It's a civil deal. She's trying to force Don Jr. and Ivanka, the daughter, to appear for sworn testimony as part of the AG's ongoing civil investigation into Trump uh, and his financial dealings, his company. And, of course, we know in general what they're trying to establish, the attorney general, is that Donald Trump lied about his assets. When it came time to borrow money, he said, hey, guess what? I'm worth $10 billion. When it came time to pay taxes, he said, hey, guess what? I'm worth $200,000. So who knows what, what is going on in terms of the swirling financial issues. Um, but I, I guess this leads to my, my final question, uh, Connor. Can't we just agree that Donald Trump is the Democrats' best friend. I mean, if Donald Trump runs for office in president in 2024, he is going to be absolutely incapable of talking about anything except the steal. It was stolen yep. from me. Yep. Don't you think that whereas that's going to really resonate with a chunk of the base, the 65, 70 million who voted for him, most Americans, especially including all Democrats, and I think most independents, listen to this stop the steal business and say, give me a break. You know, you had your chance. You went to 60 judges. You lost. When you're talking about that, we tune out. And so wouldn't it be in the Democrats' best interest for Donald Trump to run? He will be crushed in 2024 right. because he is constitutionally incapable of talking about anything other than the steal. And by prosecuting him, what the Democrats are doing is creating the possibility that Trump will be on the bench and Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley would swoop in. And at this point, I'd kind of bet on them to beat either Pete or Kamala or Joe. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, that that if there's somebody else who, um, if they take Trump out of the running, they definitely um, risk another ma more mainstream uh, Republican. But at the same time, Trump being prosecuted for his crimes against like the concept of democracy is so valuable that everyone, Democrats and Republicans included, will benefit from him rotting in prison. On the other hand, in terms of the actual outcome of the, the election, there is an argument that he could run from for president from jail. There's no reason he wouldn't be able to. And the other issue is... That would be a tall order, I think. It, it would be a tough putt, as the golfers say. <laughs> the, the other uh, horrifying reality is that Actually, there are so many voters who are so personally identify with Trump himself and not the Republican Party, because the Republican Party is in their mind some part of the establishment, that they're unlikely to get in line behind a Nikki Haley, 
uh, or a Ron DeSantis or a whoever else because they're just going to be another boring suit. Donald Trump has that special magic that gets all these idiots to think that he's their best friend in the whole world. And that's the only reason they'd ever vote. There are a lot of people out there who will switch and to, to whatever mainstream Republican because they're just Republicans, right? But that's not the mass, this mass of, of roiling humanity that has propelled Donald Trump to the front of American politics. This untapped uh, demographic of people who upset the balance of classic Republicans and classic Democrats, people who weren't going to vote uh, or who were in some sense a swing voter uh, or who were low information uh, and didn't really understand what was going on with politics and still don't, obviously, because they're, they're Trump voters. Um, that group will not turn out for Nikki Haley. That group doesn't care about Republican politics generally. But there are a lot of Republicans out there who will turn out. I think if Trump is out of the picture, you're going to end up with instead of 45-45 Democrat-Republican and 10 undecided in the middle, uh, in reality, it's 45-45, a big chunk of Trumpsters uh, that add to the Republican 45, and a big chunk of anti-Trumpsters that come out of nowhere to add to the Democrat side. And if Trump disappears, uh, you will lose all of the Trumpsters or almost all of the Trumpsters, and you'll actually not lose that many of the anti-Trump Democrats. I think there are a lot of anti-Trump Democrats out there who will vote against a Nikki Haley or Ron, or Ron DeSantis and stick around now that they're voters, now that they're uh, registered and they're more engaged and, and connected to democratic politics and they, they understand it and it feels good to vote. So I think that uh, the Democrats actually would stand electorally to 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 benefit. Big so, picture, though, is it just worse for the country to have Donald Trump free and walking around and screwing everything up? Yes. Put so, him behind bars. He's obviously a criminal. So it's so interesting to me, the intersection of the legal and the political stuff, yeah. because OK, probably, almost certainly Donald Trump is you know, hell bent on running again. Yes. You know, you, you got to assume that he wants to do it. But the thing that cinches it, I think, that absolutely would compel him to run is the prospect of prosecution hanging over his head. Yeah. Because when you are a, a candidate, a viable candidate, prosecution against you makes appears partisan. Oh, yeah. Appears unfair. So that's sort of a get-out-of-jail-free card for him. But, I mean, there are three ways he could be uh, tossed into jail that, that come to mind right away. First, you have the financial crimes angle. Letitia James is doing a civil thing, but there are prosecutors up in New York who are looking into, you know, the tax issues, and mm-hmm. who knows where that'll go. Secondly, Washington, D.C. could still go after him for inciting the riot. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, you've got the attorney general, excuse me, the DA down in Fulton County, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, who might go after him for the perfect phone call where he called up the Secretary of State in Georgia and said, find me those 12,875 votes. So all that it would take in any of those three contexts is for a prosecutor to say, doggone it, we're going to the grand jury. You go to the grand jury and no lawyers for the defendant, no defendant. You just have prosecutors saying, ladies and gentlemen, you fine citizens, you're on the grand jury here. Thank you for your year-long service. Here's the evidence that Donald Trump probably committed a crime. And if that jury is convinced that that standard has been satisfied, probable cause, you know, a reasonable person would suspect that there may have been a crime, then boom, he's indicted. And then boom, he's in front of a jury of 12 people 
a lot of whom probably aren't going to be real fans of Donald Trump right. in New York City and Washington, D.C., and maybe even in Atlanta. So you, know, you really think it's it's unlikely, it's far-fetched that at least one of those prosecutors will take those two steps, grand jury, regular jury, in which case, boom, talk about a ratings buster, Donald yeah. Trump on trial. Yeah, I just I, hope they approve cameras in the courtroom. <laughs> Not in federal court, but yeah. otherwise, I hope. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that because it is so local and so individual, it's very likely that it could happen before 2022. I mean, we're in 2022. Sorry, before 2024. You know, on that issue about uh, Trump being unable to resist talking about the stolen election, yeah. the news is coming out that even Sean Hannity, uh, right after January 6, communicated to Donald Trump and his people in no uncertain terms, never mention the steel issue again, never mention the election election issue again. I think Hannity, just from a political standpoint, was right. Trump would have been so much better off just, you know, dropping the steel thing and, and you know, not saying, you know, they're good people on both sides. I, I love you. Go home peacefully. Instead, condemn the violence, get past the, the, the steel and just, you know, dump on Biden, the usual, you know, attack the Democrat yeah. thing. But you'd have to uh, uh, you'd have to change who Donald Trump is. You'd have to convince him to make a strategic choice that doesn't line up with his ego. So we're and, talking about altering his DNA. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, it's time for Guess the Verdict, Connor. Are right. you prepared for a very challenging question involving Microphone a... Microphone can't tell, but I'm cracking my knuckles. A head Maybe they could. in Ooh. a bag. All right, so this, uh, this game show is devoted to the idea that Connor can uh, guess the actual outcome of a real live... The world's greatest lawyer. dispute. Yes. Mm -hmm. It involves a guy named Aaron Ginsburg of Santa Cruz, California. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, he was arrested for drunk driving after crashing his truck. Germ, that wait happens till you to the hear, best of us. Wait till, well, maybe. Wait till you hear his excuse. Uh -huh. Aaron Ginsburg's excuse was that he and uh, a guy he was driving with picked up a hitchhiker. Sure. You know, it happens. Sure. Happened a lot more back in the 60s and 70s, yeah, but it Uber, still Uber is better now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he picks up the hitchhiker, and the hitchhiker opens up a bag that the hitchhiker was carrying. Always... Fishy and suspicious when your hitchhiker has a bag. Yeah, you don't want that. He a opens bindle? up fine. Bag, no. And he opens up the bag to show to Mr. Ginsburg and his friend a decapitated human head. Oh, no! Yes. So they decide, Aaron and his friend decide, doggone it, this is inappropriate. This will not stand. In the extreme, this will not stand. You get out of the car right now. Right now! And, and so the hitchhiker was very chagrined, and he walked off with the bag, bag. bag over his shoulder. Okay. Uh, so, of course, Ginsburg is then stopped for DUI. Right. And uh, he says to the cops, I was so shaken by this experience, I consumed a six pack of beer. <laughs> you know? Why, wouldn't you be, Connor? Wouldn't you want a pop I would or want two? A stiff drink. Absolutely. A six pack seems perfectly reasonable. That was his defense yeah. to drunk driving. Yeah. So, Connor, uh, you get to guess who won this Titanic legal battle. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty it's a pretty good good bet that this guy didn't get away with this uh, with this excuse. Uh, no matter what happens to you, whether your girlfriend breaks up with you or you see a head in a bag or the president <laughs> of the United States tries to destroy democracy by claiming that the election was stolen from him when it falsely wasn't. What if it's your girlfriend who has the head in the bag? That's a double doubly bag. Traumatic. Then you can drink two six packs, but no matter what, you can't then get in a car uh, because, you know, people on the road uh, don't deserve to be harmed the way you were I know hurt people hurt people. Look, that's a, a standard. I get that in psychology. I understand. But probably not a legal concept. Doesn't exonerate the guy. Boom. Lock him up. 
Here we get out of here. I wish that I could have given you the bell, this one, to say that that was right. But actually, the, pros- the prosecution dropped the case. They Wait, what? Dropped, they dropped the charges. You know what, Connor? There are some prosecutors in this nation, like George Gascon here in Los Angeles, who <laughs> believes that a prison should be abolished, uh-huh. the police should be defunded, yeah. and the crime should not be prosecuted. Yeah. So you should just be grateful that there are some progressive, free-thinking prosecutors. Yeah, this guy just dropped the case. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know that that was what happened. Well, I, who knows? I don't believe we, we it. We don't have all the facts for sure i need to get an audit on this game please can we get an audit <laughs> on the, this guess the verdict game i'm beginning to suspect it's rigged it's you're, a rigged you're, game you're still way over 50 percent you're batting better than 500 Thank which you. is ahead of ty cobb That's the all-time good. batting average leader yep all right well i think we've exhausted ourselves but we will gather our energies again and see you next week on too many lawyers have a great week <laughs>